Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Matty A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show, Mr. Reedwell. How y'all doing? You're heading to... Viva La Vegas. I gotta go do some work, unfortunately. Are you really gonna be working? I am. I really am gonna be working. I got um I got a bunch of meetings. I got what's the over under that you may or may not find a blackjack table? I probably won't play blackjack. Oh wait, hold on, let me reverse. What's the over under that you find a penny slot? High, 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 <laughs> high likelihood. High. <laughs> high likelihood. Benjamin Franklin at least once is finding a slot. <laughs> you know for sure they're gonna be like, "Where's Ryan? Where's Ryan?" And you're gonna be over in the corner just beep 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 beep. Just max betting max my penny slot. Penny slot. Three twenty five. Let it slide. Kitty glitter. Kitty glitter. <laughs> no, I'll. Uh, I'm excited. I mainly like going to Vegas because the food. The food yeah. is super good. Food entertainment. People watching. Always something fun to do in Vegas. By the t- this is the scariest part. By the time this airs, I will have landed in Vegas. And people are going to be like, I know where you're at. Ooh. Wonder where I, wonder, Good thing there's a lot of people in Vegas. Wonder so. where I'm staying. Where's Waldo? <laughs> exactly. Where's Breedwell? Well, welcome into the show, guys. We've got a great one for you guys today. Some updates. Big news of some federal changes mm-hmm. that I think at least... Most of you who listen to our show and know where we stand on things and agree I get with our stance are going to be excited about. Test it out in four Got hours. some interesting stuff going on in China, updates and what's going on with the war, how all of this is impacting the markets. Earnings reports have continued to come out and the market is responding. We had CPI come out last week. Crypto, as always, something to be paying attention to. And of course, we got some updates on the real estate front. If you're new to the show, welcome. We talk all things money 
on Money. this show specifically to help you on your wealth building journey. At the end of yes. the day, everybody's got different financial goals. But what I can tell you is there's not really too many real unbiased outlets that you can have legitimate financial conversations that you can bring your financial acts to sharpen so you can continue to go back each and every day and chip away and chop away at the tree trunk of wealth that you're looking to bring down. And that is something that we love to do in do. the Millionaire Mindcast ecosystem. Addicted. Talk all addicted. We are addicts talking all things money. And we would love for you to join us each and every week by hitting that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. If you enjoy the show, man, we I love hearing from you guys, texting us at 844-447-1555. Many of you who take the time to just leave. The one way you can repay us um, outside of thanks is just to leave a quick review on iTunes. It helps us continue to expand the show, share it with more people. And that's how we've continued to stay in the top 200 for so many years on the Millionaire Mindcast. With that being said, if you haven't taken advantage of your free financial x-ray, be sure to text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. If you're an accredited investor, you want to get on my syndications deals list and look at passive investment opportunities, accredited investors, text the word deals to 844-447-1555. As we dig in today, Uh. I just want to say before we even... We had a pretty awesome bro date. This oh, we had a week. good, we had a good, uh, we had a good little dinner. That Dude, was legit. The that was spaghetti. The spaghetti was good. The it, little starter. I don't even. You want to know what's funny? Made, so when um, when we first sat down, it was just Ryan and I, and uh, you had your little wine purse, my worst. rolling up your worst. And I, I, there was, there was, as we were walking in, this girl was kind of like looking us up and down. She's like, I could tell she was trying to see if we were gay or like a couple. And mm-hmm. then because we both had our rings on and then our waitress came over and she kind of like looked us up and down. And then when we both started talking about our wives and I was talking about the girls and all that kind of stuff, she was like, okay, I could see her like demeanor changed a little bit. It was kind of funny, but let's just say we, we split couple. all kinds of dishes. <laughs> we were, we had, I couldn't decide on what dessert I wanted to get. We got so all we ordered three. all three of them, all of them. The fatty Maddie went in. There I were mean, little desserts. They weren't like huge. You were not holding back. You well, were like, you, do you, you want more? I was like, I'm just having I, them. Like, I just wanted, it? yeah, I just wanted to make sure I we wasn't, you know, because usually we would go 50-50 on the desserts, but uh, I was like your boy was 30. tapped out. So I went a little 80-20 and, you know, I picked up the slack. That's, That's what, what we what do for our brothers. That's what happened. And we had two bottles of wine. It was good. The lady was like, two bottles of wine. All right. I was like, ma'am. That's how we roll. As long bro. as there's bread and butter, we'll be fine. <laughs> we got the basin <laughs> and we had a good time. And. You know what? I think uh, it's important, right, to to stop and celebrate and and appreciate the growth, friendships, business partners, because you know at the end of the day, it is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. Right? Is we're always in a hurry to, at least I know I do, always in a hurry to get to the next destination, next milestone of whether it's wealth or an appointment or you know hustling over here and there and. Oftentimes we forget to appreciate where we're at or what mm-hmm. we've, you know, accomplished and, and the ground that you've covered. So, y'all, make sure that you take some time to celebrate yourself, mm-hmm. celebrate, you know, your friends, your family, your your coworkers, you know, wins in general. Subconsciously, deep down inside, we got to make sure that we're continuing to 
keep the programming tuned into the right things that matter and are important. And of course, we're all builders. We all want to hit that next milestone of wealth. We all want to hit that next accomplishment. We want to ne- you know, knock down that, that next big hurdle that's sitting in front of you. But don't forget to, to look behind and, and see all of the ground that you've covered and, and give yourself a little bit of a pat on the back too. It's important. So Very important. We've got some updates. Big one coming out yesterday. Yeah. I get to test it out today. Federal judge strikes down Biden admins travel mask mandate. Federal judge in Florida has vacated the CDC's travel mask mandate for being unlawful and violating the Administrative Procedure Act while being arbitrary and capricious. Yeah. Capricious ass liberals. Capricious. I don't know about you, but I think, you know, this is long overdue. I think it's capricious. It's, I don't even know what that means. I don't either. I like, that's my new but that word. Is I'm going to start working that into my vocabulary. Capricious. But I think it's, uh, if anything, I saw Jen Saki, you know, what this is an extremely disappointing, you know. Oh, yeah. Catching, catching uh, an L always sucks. Well, her and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi forgot to wear their mask for 20 seconds, AKA they don't wear their mask, but when people catch them, of course, it's, oh, we were wearing them every other time. Yeah. So I think it is long overdue. I think it's amazing. I saw some videos of literally like pilots announcing on the flight. Yeah, me too. Federal judge has struck down mass mandate. People are literally like Enjoy looking, freedom. you know, left and right, like, can we take it off? And he's telling them that they can take it off. People are taking it off, cheering, clapping. So this is uh, definitely a win for uh, the category of freedom. I know. I am going to travel here in the next two weeks and to, to the, today, and then I'm flying out to Hawaii in a week and a half. And both times I will not have to wear a mask and I will not have to get a vaccination test or a COVID test or any of that crap. So I am very happy with that. That makes me very, very, very happy that I can literally just sit on a plane and chill and not have to eat sunflower seeds or slowly chew a pretzel to enjoy a little breeze of air. I am all for good old freedom, getting a big old F you to all the people that are trying to... Checks and balances. You got to love... You know, as bad as the United States is sometimes with their politics, they did did set it up right at the beginning because they came... You know, our government, our founders, founding fathers came from being oppressed. So they set up so many checks and balances so that there was never one side that could have 100% of the power. Yep. It was always a checks and balance. And that's the healthy way to have it. Thank goodness we have that because if we didn't, I can't even, we would look like China or Canada. Dude, speaking of China, I mean, their COVID lockdown crisis has gotten worse. You know, 44 cities under either a full or partial lockdown, despite citizens struggling to feed themselves or get medical help for sick family members. I mean, there's some pretty heartbreaking photos and videos that are coming out, you know, showing children being forced to wear hazmat suits, you know, people losing their temper over the lockdowns, people come like full on hazmat, like coming into people's houses because they're on the balcony and like beating them down, pulling them in the house, locking them up. I mean, putting them in cages. They're coming and taking like their animals and euthanizing and killing their animals. And these aren't like strays. They're literally going into people's houses. There's videos of like them 
sealing up their doors and putting barbed wire in the hallways and the stairwells. Like it is insane. And to me, right? Like that's a perfect example of why, whether you like guns or not, or you why would you support the second amendment? Why because would you every that? government, why would you take that? It's because yeah. they don't have, well, they've been brainwashed a, and programmed for so long. I know there's a so billion people in that country. All they would have to do is not accept it. And I revolt. know, but that's the thing, right? That just shows the power of mind control. If you've been programmed for so long to believe something or to fall into compliance, which ultimately I'm not saying all Democrats are this way, but I look at even my grandpa. My grandpa is a vet. He's a, you know, pretty, I would say, democratic, you know, rooted mindset and thinker. And dude, he, I was talking with him the other day. He legitimately thinks Joe Biden is amazing. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he literally went and spouted off. It was like I was listening to, you know, Don Lemon on CNN or something like but that just shows, right? Like the power of programming, the power of spoken word. And that's why when we talk about your finances, I would have been like, it's the same thing. Marie, we got to put grandpa in a house. He's losing it. <laughs> He's definitely losing it. But I think if anything, right, point we're trying to make here is, well, one, freedom needs to stay a yes. top priority always, 100%. right? You look at Canada, you look at Australia, you look at what's going on in China. Russia. I mean, at the end of the day, right? If you don't discern what is truth and you don't have the rights to question or push back, essentially, right? We are the most armed country in the world in the US. And therefore we have the ability, you know, as that being our backstop to push back a little bit more. I mean, if you look at what some of these leftist states and very liberal and aggressively liberal states and, and policies have done. I mean, if we didn't have the ability to push back, we didn't have the right to bear arms, they would have ran as, I don't want to say it would have been as bad as China or some of these others, but I don't know, maybe. I'm pretty sure it would have been pretty bad. I feel like it would have been like Canada. Yeah. I mean, look at Australia. I mean, they do, they were rolling into people's houses and pull them into detention camps, like Derek's yeah. jails and putting them in there for, and we know that COVID doesn't, kill people to the level that they spun the narrative to be, right? 100%. And so it's just crazy, right? To think about that's why financial freedom is, it's, to me, it's not about being rich. You know, like buying nice shit is cool. You know, spending money on nice dinners and materialistic things, sure, whatever. To me, it's about freedom. Yeah, we Being didn't have to, to get have the vaccinated. Resources. We didn't have to do any of that stuff. And the thing is that... uh is not being forced to do anything is really nice. I don't mind if people make a choice to do what you want to do. That's literally the basis of like why a lot of people move to this country is they get a freedom to make decisions for themselves and they don't have to worry about what other people do because it's none of their business and it doesn't affect them. So the um, that's that's a key, key aspect is just I want to be able to choose what I want to do when I want to do it. And financial freedom definitely helps with that because if you don't, you have to rely on somebody else to pay you. And if some of the person paying you doesn't like what you're doing, maybe they don't want to pay you. Yeah. And that just that's ultimately what it boiled down to a lot of the times, especially in our state. It was employers putting cancel culture, yeah. firing people, right? Taking your financial 
you know, faculty away from yeah, you. I was going to say schools. Education. Education systems are trying to do it to their faculty. I mean, my father-in-law works for a university in a blue state. And they were like trying to tell him if he didn't get vaccinated, he was going to get fired. He just held out. They never fired him. He just kept saying, okay, cool. Fire me. I would love you. I'm I would not, love I'm not, a, I'm not quitting. Not quitting. Fire me. And then he literally just told a supervisor, just tell whoever is telling you, if you fire me, I'm just going to sue you and I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. So you can give me an early retirement if you want, or I'll just keep working. Whatever you like. He is, he just kept working. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, ultimately when, t- you know, tyranny happens, the you just have to be brave enough to stand your ground because... I mean, ultimately, it was like a war of words. There I mean, was nothing going to happen if you restricted we've COVID. We've had people, you know, email in, call into the show, send messages to the show that, you know, want to throw daggers or, you know, take shots at us, right? Hey, but at the end of the day... A lot of them have faded away. We're recently. all big boys and big girls. And when you stand for something, when you think about the greatest leaders and the people over the course of time, you know, whether it's... Nelson Mandela, whether it's right, Martin Luther King, whether it's like you go and look at some of the most revered and respected in hindsight people, legends in the course of history, they are some of the most polarizing individuals that have ever walked the earth. Yeah. In those moments of time, they were at the center. The squeaky of the vortex. wheel gets the grease. That's the freaking... They the, were at the center the of the vortex of being in an absolute chaotic tornado, right? And do you think that, you know, now everybody looks back on Martin Luther King as one of the most amazing, right, legendary humans ever. He was one of the most hated humans ever during the time that yeah. he was fighting for what it was and, and he standing was a, up for what was it was a, that he believed in. He was a great dude too. But he also did the same bad stuff that all great people would. I mean... They pissed off 50% of the people who didn't agree with them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just... There, nobody is an angel. Let's just get that out, out in, in the open. But boiling down to being able to get your point out, if you get it out effectively and you can get attention on it, I mean, the I've... You don't see it very much nowadays because people like have social media, but like there was no social media. So gathering in person was the social media. Mm-hmm. Man, the marches and stuff that some of those leaders at that time had or the voices of that time had, it was thousands, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. And that's pretty powerful. When you have that kind of message, you can get some points across, right or wrong. Yep. There's a bunch. I mean, I always tell people Jamestown, not correct. Kool-Aid was not the way to... Or Jonestown, excuse me, not Jamestown. You know, where they did the little... They all committed mass suicide. They mm-hmm. all thought they were going to... But they had one guy that had had them under the trance and he's convinced it. Oh, I know. Marie, and, Marie told me about that because I hadn't... She was talking about cults and like how at one person, right, can literally go and manipulate people to move across the world and commit mass suicide. Literally, for nothing. So... The point we were getting at, right, is the one, I think, be careful who you listen to. We always do that. Right? Who you surround yourself with. And when we're talking about your money, when we're talking about your freedom, when we're talking about your habits, when we're talking about you unlocking whatever this vision of wealthy looks like for you in your world, in your life, you better take a close look 
at the ingredients of your wealth equation. Agreed. People is one of them, right? Environments are one of them. Your particular habits are one of them. And making sure that, you know, as you go down this path and follow the breadcrumbs that you think are going to lead you to the glory land, you know, that you are doing it in the way that makes you, one, feel good about who you are and who you're aligned with, and two, actually is going to unlock the result that you want. There's got to be some reality to that, too. Yep, yep. And the, the, the thing that people, I think, get lost in a lot is they, they try to be somebody that they're not and try to do something that that person is not good at doing. Yeah. Gurus. Yeah. You know, they get caught in following somebody who's not true to themselves, and then when you're you start with a bad ingredient, you're not going to end with a good yep. end result. All it takes is one. Yep. One mess up to the recipe and salt or sugar. That right? That could make a difference. And so we love to talk about these conversations to one, you know, we're obsessed over it, right? Like we mm-hmm. love constantly challenging each other and having debates. And because at the end of the day, everybody's got a different definition of what wealth means, you know, just because you want to be worth 10 million bucks and the next person wants to be worth a billion and the next person just wants, you know, enough passive income and cash flow to fund, you know, the basic needs and, you know, enjoyments of their life. It all works. None of them are wrong and none of them are right. But being clear on what yours is, is most important because then you can actually craft and curate a plan that as we know, all of you who are listening, you're action takers, you get out and get shit done. But at the end of the day, I saw this quote the other day and I loved it. You know, if you think working hard is just going to be the way to produce the result that you want to unlock being a millionaire or being wealthy, well, if hard work alone made you rich, every construction worker would be a billionaire. They'd be wealthy. Like I I know tons of people. I know some of the hardest... My housekeepers at the hotels. Go to Arizona. These women are straight gangsters. They are killers. They work their ass off every single day. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that they're going to be worth 10 million bucks at the end of their life. So hard work is just an effort, is just one component of this, right? You have to have the right plan, which is why Ryan and his team offer the free financial x-ray for so Mm -hmm. many people. Why so many people who do take advantage of that are like, dude, this is amazing. Like this isn't some like, hey, he looks at your plan and he gives you like two sentences of feedback back. Like their team, his entire back end of his team will literally go through your entire financial portfolio with a fine tooth comb. I'd never seen anybody do this until he did it for me. And not only was it one, very eye-opening to see some of the, I don't want to say money I was leaving on the table, but ultimately maybe some of the money that was getting taken off the table that shouldn't have been, that really, when you think about it over time, compounding really makes a big difference in how many people are just I don't want to say they have the wool pulled over their eyes, but they're just unaware, right? And then, right, to actually get more clarity in what, based on my plan and when I was telling them I wanted to, you know, execute and capitalize on that by, there was a lot of, you know, missing puzzle pieces that either weren't on the table or two were in the wrong slots. And so it was really important for me to understand kind of like four tires on a car. When you have all the tires on your car that are in pure alignment, it's a much smoother, much faster, much cleaner ride getting to where you want to go. If one or two of those tires is out of alignment, well, it's going to be one, much less efficient of a ride. It's going to be a little bit bumpier and you're ultimately going to take more time getting to where you want to go. It's the same thing with your financial plan. But most people just think 
and really trust. Like the beauty is, yeah, I trust Ryan, but at the end of the day, I also hold him accountable to what this plan is. We sit down, we talk about these things frequently. Mm-hmm. He's in touch with me every month on updating what one overall macro him and his team are seeing and what they're doing for their clients as a whole. But then right micro, we're sitting down and we're making tweaks and adjustments and pivots based on what the market is giving us. And speaking of the market, we're starting to see the earnings, earnings rolling reports yep. rolling out. Last week, we had, I think, what was 68 it, companies? We got 128 the, this week. Uh, no, that's uh, this week is, uh, is the 68. We had 15 last week. Okay, the hundred and something. Yeah, it was next it was week. mainly airline and bank stocks, and it was kind of just like a eh, airlines were good, banks were whatever. But um, as of right now, fifty three percent, fifty yeah, fifty three percent of the companies that have reported this week, and we're recording this one on Tuesday, um, they have reported beat estimates. And the same time in 2019, I think it was like 47%. And then last or 2021 or 2020, I think was another parameter I saw where it was like 50%. So it's a good good amount of companies that are beating estimates. Market is rebounding so far. Uh, obviously, that changes by the minute. But market is rebounding in the sectors that I thought they would. As I have said before, and I'll say it again, earnings are what drive the market ultimately for people who invest and are, are prudent and serious investors. Emotions are not how you invest your money. That's, that's a, a, how people that are not smart invest their money. They use their emotions to guide them. Um, so right now, again, if the trend continues to hold, I'm very very happy with what I'm seeing so far and people should start reaping the benefits of being uh, staying invested. Yields were paid at the end of um, last month. So there's some dividends that have been paid and reinvested. So people are going to get something for their, for their patience. And the one thing that is what prudent people do is they just don't sell in a down market. You have to find a way to stay fully invested. And it really just comes down to buying quality. The, a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing now is people that are coming around when they do the x-rays. They've made good money in the past because it wasn't... I, I, I will just beat this dead horse. It's not hard to make money in an up market. Just like it wasn't hard to make money in real estate. I have not tried on the last two houses I bought and I have killed it. I literally didn't I haven't done any groundbreaking shit on my medical plaza or my commercial plaza. You just bought them. My hotels. Like, just bought them. I just own the assets. I mean, of course, right? You got to operate accordingly. Sure. And, but same thing for you, right? You got to not be an idiot and buy dumb shit in the stock market. But just by being in the game, you're going to get rewarded for playing the game. And when everybody who's in the game has the landscape to win, all you got to do is just be in the game. Don't be, it's the man in the arena, right? You don't Correct. be sitting on the sidelines. I mean, as far as I know, you know, the spectators, who are sitting in the stands watching Cristiano Ronaldo and watching JJ Watt and watching Tom Brady and watching LeBron James, they ain't getting paid tens of millions of dollars. It's the man in the arena, the one who's putting in the work, building the discipline, doing the skills, right? And actually playing the game that's making the dough. Correct. And it's, uh, it's really just not hard to, to get really wealthy. It's like, it's not, it just doesn't happen quick which I think maybe is the hard part. I just tell... I've, I've set your account up, invest in your account to this date, and you will have this amount of money. It's not, I mean, 
No joke. It'll work. And I just set up a plan for somebody. I think they're investing like $10,000 a month. And it's like, well, I want $1.5 million when I'm retired. Perfect. This is how much you have to invest per month. Perfect. That's what I want. Yeah. It's really getting clarity in that, right? I mean, when you think about stock market and or real estate, it is, these aren't get rich quick schemes. These are get rich slow vehicles that when you leverage the vehicle properly, the way it was designed, right? And built, you unlock those rewards along the way. Correct. Everybody wants those quick hits of I'm going to become a real estate millionaire or I'm going to get a 10 bagger, you know, in four months when the reality of the situation is it is crock pot all day long when it comes to generating the best dish. It's not the microwave. Because you have to operate them like you're saying. And there's a lot of, there's a lot more moving parts that go into things that generate your wealth than just doing them. Probably the most common thing I've been seeing a lot uh, recently is like people are like, I just want to buy a business. And I go, okay, what are you going to do to buy the business? Well, it'll, it'll start making me money. I was like, no. That's that's how that's why most franchise. Well, what do you mean, Ryan? That's why most franchisees fail because they they think, oh, there's this proven method. It's already established. All I have to do is put the money in it. No problem. Well, no. Then there's cogs. Then there's operating costs. Then there's turnover. Then there's management of the books. Then there's taxes. Then there's management insurance. People. Yeah, people. I mean. Like to think you can just buy a the only business that you can buy that would work anywhere close to that is a storage facility, and you'd still would have to hire employees. But that's the closest thing you can get to like, I don't do very much. I just have a lot of people paying me money and it's self-serve. They put the code into the gate, they have their key, they close their thing and they lock it up. It's pretty simple. You still have to pay security though. You have to pay huge insurance costs. Uh, in California, you have to sell temp- You have to sell like an insurance policy on the freaking storage unit. You know that um, in California. Well, and this is why I think it's so important to have a core tree trunk of wealth that you're going to be the one in the trenches, building every day, sharpening your axe on every day, swinging the axe on whatever that vehicle of wealth, right? That tree trunk is going to be, and become the expert at that, like. The one trick pony that people often make fun of is often the person who ultimately they look at and they're like, how are they in so many different things? But they got into so many different things because they were the one trick pony that mastered their one core tree trunk of wealth and then use the cash flow or the disposable income or the excess, right? Investable income that ultimately became all of these branches off of the tree that produced all of these other income streams mm-hmm. and opportunities, but no one is going to ultimately like make you an expert at anything. No one's going to do it for rep- you. Yeah. I mean, it is that simple. I, I laugh. Probably the thing, and I've told you this before that, you know, it pisses me off when people say it, but they go, oh, you know, Ryan is, is just daddy's money. And you've heard that. I've heard. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've, you've seen me, even respond, have my dad respond to that. My dad thinks that's pretty funny when people say that because he knows he hasn't given me a goddamn dime. Um, but it, it's it's being, I I literally, and how to, just so you guys know, 
Matt would not, when we, I was trying to meet Matt, <laughs> Matt would not respond to my messages. <laughs> Matt was Matt was being the hot chick in the room to me. Matt was like, read my messages. I get so many damn messages every day. I didn't know how cool you were. Second, 2019. Was 18. 19. Was it 18? Yeah. Yeah, 18. And I'm like messaging him like, yo, I just want to link up. So let me tell you how tenacious I was to make it for myself, but in a proper way. This is the thing also. Respect. Don't be a freaking weirdo. <laughs> Don't be a weirdo and like, I need you to, I want to be, you know, it wasn't like that. It was, I had a mutual friend that was going to one of the Rich Life Academy events in Sacramento at a public place. So it was not like I was, you know, Showing ransacking a, yeah, or going to a private event that was invite only. Kind of was, but it was an acceptable gray area, obviously. I showed up to that. I walked straight up to Matt and I looked him right in the eye and shook his hand and said, Hey, Ryan Braywell, really nice to finally meet you. Nothing, no cock shot, no none of this. And then I walked away. And it was love at first sight. And what it was is, it was Matt being like, he knew who I was not to like know me, but he was like, oh, Ryan Breedwell, I recognize at least that name. He's seen it on his phone a couple of times. So now I'm there. I didn't go bother him. I went and mingled with all the other people. Mm -hmm. I talked to him. I was having a good time. And then he finally came up and we chopped it up and the rest is history. But I was out grinding every freaking day. I was going to every event. I was talking to every business owner. I was talking to anybody and everybody about what they were doing with their money. And it wasn't easy. And I was living in a... I mean, I think my room that I lived in, in downtown Sacramento that I was renting from one of my buddies, it was like... I want to say it was like 300, maybe in 15 square feet total. And I could like... It was one of those rooms where when you put the bed in it, you can essentially just walk around it. And my closet was walking underneath the stairs. So like the closet like was the same height for a quarter of it. And the rest of it like sloped down. So like I didn't have a lot and I went out there every day and I built my business and I built my book and I built my, you know, the company that I have today from scratch. I mean, people think that I, I put on a good show. How about that? I looked like I was doing great, but I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing better than anybody that was working at McDonald's or Chipotle. <laughs> so it's, it's hilarious that, that all I did was I put my head down every single day. I woke up. And I kind of just said, you know what? I'm going to act like a hunter, an old school hunter though, back in the, back in the wilderness. And I'm going to, if I don't kill, I'm not going to eat literally. And literally, I have to wake up every day unemployed and be employed by the end of the day. That's what I did for six years. Excuse me, really about four and a half until I started making good money. And I've never stopped. I've been doing it. I'm in year seven now and I'm not stopping. And same thing for me, right? I think, and I think anybody who's listening right now can relate to this. You know that there's peaks and valleys along the way. And as you go and chase a bigger goal, there's going to be those moments where you fall down, you get dragged through the mud and you can't expect to be great. You can't expect to be wealthy. You can't expect to unlock the best things in life if you're not willing to keep going and do whatever is necessary when times get tough or when you get tested. Yep. And that's ultimately as we've both been on this journey of wealth building and it's, you know, like the first mill was the hardest hands down because there's so many things that have to accumulate and kind of going back to the crockpot mentality, right? Of like, there's so many things in this ingredient, in this recipe, all of these ingredients that have to go together to really produce a certain 
level of dish or outcome. And then, right, as you cross that threshold and you get a few, you know, uh, reps under your belt from that perspective, you've gained confidence, you've gained skills, you've built your network up, right? There's some things that really start to compound. And then the second becomes a little bit easier. And then getting to five, you're like, whoa, I didn't realize I'm here, right? And then now I'm moving towards 10 and 25. And so it's like, you know, those things are so important to just keep in mind along the way, whether you're working towards 50, whether you're working towards 100, whether you're working towards getting out of debt and you just want to get back to, you know, net worth zero, whatever. It's having the right mindset, surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, being involved in the right conversations, and those things start to compound and the momentum starts to build. And, you know, I think we're starting to see, you know, this very interesting landscape that many people haven't seen in a while when it comes to whether it's the financial markets, whether it's kind of the real estate market starting to shift a little bit, which we got some updates in terms of what's going to be going on uh, there. But this is where like the real stewards of capital have to be ready with both hands on the steering wheel to navigate some turbulent waters, but also to capitalize and really kind of get on this extra mile where most people aren't willing to go. If you do that, you're going to get rewarded in times like it looks like one, we're currently in and playing in, but two, where we're going to be headed for the next couple of years because obviously CPI came out last week, you know, inflation at... Eight and a half percent, which ultimately, to me, it feels way higher than that. And you know, certain areas, it's I think a lagging a of, indicator, lagging indicator. So you had mentioned, what are your thoughts on inflation? You know, I just saw actually as we were talking, uh, report Dow up more than four hundred points, fueled by Boeing, Disney, J and J, and Nike gains. So obviously, those reports came out, and the market likes that. I might be batting a thousand still. <laughs> and so, you know, where. For for the people that, you know, we hear these, it's so interesting. You hear these narratives and when you hear, oh, we're headed for dark times, the, you know, Fed continuing to print and, you know, the dollar becoming more and more unstable, less buying power, wealth gap continuing to increase. Fear is the cheapest and easiest thing to sell by people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And we it's got a lot of people to... uh it's easy to assimilate yourself with fear if you don't know. And the common thing or theme for most people that don't know is they just follow the crowd. Whatever the crowd does is comfortable. It's not against the grain. So I'm going to do that because if I'm wrong, I'll be wrong with a bunch of people. I won't be wrong by myself. And that's what it really just boils down to. And all the people that give you give the information, a lot of the times people are getting their stuff from Twitter handles or stuff on social media sites of people who may not even show who they really are, have these little weird names, or they're listening to... I mean, I'm going to step on my toes a little bit, but other podcasts with individuals on them that have no, are non-credentialed, haven't done anything, don't do what they say they do, and there's a lot of those out there. I mean, I can't think of how many people are like, oh, I heard about infinite banking on XYZ podcast, or I heard so-and-so talk about it, and they told me this, or I heard that I can put my... This person's talking about getting 35% rates of return each year, and it's those are the people 
that are you got to avoid and you got to find people who hey this is what we're doing this is why we're doing it this is this is the meat and potatoes and substance behind what we're doing there's always going to be somebody to 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 be a steward or say they're a steward of your money it's who's actually going to do it and who has a track record of doing it uh, Matt with his hotels uh, hospitality brand myself being you know credentialed I have professional designations now that tell me tell you that my ethics are higher I have thousands of clients I have you know accolades that would tell you there's a lot of things behind what I'm doing to even prove that we're doing it to the line and then above and beyond which is crazy though because most people don't even they take everything at face value and they just run with it and they may they make life changing whether it's financial whether it's their health whatever people don't buy products they buy people that's why and the decisions that people are making that drastically impact their health their financial future right their happiness whatever it may be they're giving all of the weight and they're giving all of the you know um I guess ultimately just taking everything at face value for what it is. And that's where I think, you know, when we're t- talking about these reports that are coming out and, you know, the confidence in the market and all of these things, right? That ultimately big, let's say, mainstream media that really wants and needs and ultimately only lives off of your eyeballs staying on what they are talking about and what they are doing. That can be something that is ultimately leading you down a wrong path, right? And so I know that at the end of the day, I can't change whether a poor person makes poor person decisions. Same. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast. And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's my first. 50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. What I can do is one, we can create this environment and space to hopefully give more people who want to be wealthy the ability to be on the right side of that dividing gap. We bring the water. We bring the water. We can lead them to it, but we bring it. We bring and the water. We drink put it, it right baby, in front we got of you. lots for you to slop up. Yep. But Every with that week. being said, 
with where the market is going, there's going to be a lot of people that get extremely wealthy and see their net worth and their cash flow grow over this next decade. Just remember 2020. Go back and replay the news from March to July of 2020. And just, the world was ending. Just remember exactly what the media was telling you. And then. the opposite happened. Remember what the media was telling of- you about COVID. Remember what the media was telling you about uh, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. When you get your information from the media and you run off mainstream media, first of all, you're late to the party and you're not going to do anything but be a part of... It's almost like, what's that Jim Carrey movie where he's a part of his own reality show and he doesn't show. know it? Literally. If you've, if you, and it doesn't matter if you watch CNN or Fox or whatever. If you subscribe to that narrative, that's what you're, that's what you're choosing, how you're choosing to live your life. You need to get your information from successful individuals in the world, in industries that you respect, doing the damn thing. Because if you think that we are not in the know or have access to information that you may or may not have, that, that's why you're there and we're here. We, we have somehow figured out to connect dots that you have not figured out. Maybe you should figure out where we're getting our information from. Maybe you shouldn't be so resistant to thinking a little bit differently. Maybe you should just be open to putting things in your cup that you may not want to drink, but you want to know the flavor of them so you can respond to them you know, intelligently. That's so missing with the, the people that just subscribe again to the mainstream plain vanilla stuff that gets fed to you. And I promise you, most of it's not correct. I don't have any crystal ball. I don't, I'm not like some magic guru. Do you think me calling all this market stuff is me coming up with it organic? No. I have people around me that tell me this stuff that are way smarter than the people that you're getting your information from. And all I do is I just, I'm the one saying it. It's not original. It's originally from me, but it's not original. We came up with that information from data. Yeah. And I promise you, it was, it's a room full of less than 20 people. So if I can do that, I live in Northern California in a, in a regular home like all my neighbors do. I don't have a spaceship. I don't get flown in a helicopter back to my house from the podcast studio. How can I do this? And We're you working can, on it. How can I, yeah. How can I do it and you can't? It's probably where I'm getting my information from and how I'm digesting the information and how I'm making decisions off that information. That's something you should take into consideration. So with that being said, where do we see these next few months as earnings reports are starting to come out, one of the big concerns that you and I were talking about is, hey, if, if, if earnings are bad, it's not going to be, it's going to be a little choppy going forward. Now that we're, let's say, halfway through we're, earnings well, reporting. We're halfway through what has been reported. We're not, we're not halfway. Th- Correct. That's what I'm saying. So, so what is going to be reported over these first couple of weeks of Q2? We're about halfway through what is being reported. Correct. No, we're, uh, if there's 13 companies that have reported through today, half of them have, or 14, half of them have reported so far. We still have a lot more companies to report this week. I think probably uh, 30 plus more companies. I don't know, 45 plus more companies. So more than half just of where we're through to the quantity total, okay. half of that. So, so we, let the, so we have like a lot more runway. And by a lot, I mean over a hundred probably over 180 more companies to still report. And if the estimates keep beat at where they are, the market, if you think the market's up a lot today, we could see two, 3% days, swings mm. in the market. Mm. 
And that's what people have to understand. I don't know if that will happen, but the potential for that to happen is high because people need to get into assets. There's, there will always be a stock market. And that's the main way that people make money in the United States. It's the biggest market of assets moved because it's the most liquid. It's not the biggest assets. That would be the housing market. But the housing market is illiquid because it takes time to move that kind of stuff. You get what I'm saying, yeah. there, right? So the biggest liquid market that we have domestically is the stock market. It's trillions and trillions of dollars. And every day, trillions and trillions of dollars moves through it. Crazy, right? If we can have those trillions of dollars that are sitting in cash come off the sidelines and go back into real assets, which they're waiting to go into, because that's all that's going to keep pace with inflation right now, and the market starts going up, that money is going to go in droves, institutional money, hedge funds, and to follow retail investors because they're the dummies and they don't listen to people like me institutional investor. Um, That's going to drive the market way up. And what could happen, and what I think may happen, is if it continues to do that through the next rate hike, which is going to be on a minimum 35 basis points and should be at least half a percent, 50 basis points um, here in May, that will boost consumer sentiment because we'll have gone through two rate hikes now in what is perceived to be a shitty year, and I would agree, yep. not a great year. Yep. And both times the market has gone up. As a non-sophisticated investor, that would make you probably feel, hey, I probably should I've put my... some confidence. I need to put my money in the market. And more people that do that, it will stabilize and float the market. The other thing that I'm hoping, and I'll say this and I'll probably predict I'm going to be wrong, I want inflation to cap out around the 9% range, and I think it may... Um, I know people are pissed off at the Fed for them saying the transitory thing. Let's, you know, just get that out there. Nobody's perfect. You've been pissed off at your best friend before. So at the end of the day, they said what they had to say at the time they had to say it. There's a song about it. Say what you need to say, baby. Yeah. Um, and look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself if you haven't done that before. So again, let's not all be angels. Uh, fighting the Fed is the dumbest thing you can do. And if you don't think that, um, trying to go with the Fed and listen to the central bankers and you just want to say, oh no, this is more popular of an opinion, so I'm going to follow it. You're an idiot. You are an idiot. It's almost like telling the person driving the bus that that you know where they're going and they don't know where they're going. And when they're the driver and they're driving the damn thing, it makes no sense. So don't try to fight the Fed. If the Fed says something, you have to listen to it, whether they're lying a little bit, which I think they kind of maybe were, mm-hmm. or they're being honest. Because guess what? It's going to happen. They're going to do that, whether it's right or wrong. I think Jerome Powell is trying to make a name for himself in a way that his mentor and the person he looks up to has done. And I forget the gentleman's name. But he had navigated a similar situation in the economy when he was uh, the Fed chair. And so I think Jerome Powell is trying to make a name for himself. And I think he's done a great job. I don't care what anybody has said. If you think that his job has been easy, navigating not only questions from the public on live TV, getting uh, constantly being out under two different administrations and, and rocking the boat, 
I like JP, man. He's a he's a boss. Well, shit, dude. Nobody has had to navigate the storm of a pandemic and an unexpected pandemic ever. No, under he's, the Fed, he's legit. Like he has. He's legit. I'm gonna be very upset when he is gone because I. Who do you think is gonna be his successor? No idea. Hopefully nobody. Maybe they'll figure out how to make people live forever and JP can stay there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's just really good because, again, nobody's perfect. I want to know a little bit more about him, actually, and we can save this for another podcast, but I'd love to do a little bit more research on his journey of getting to the head of the Fed and he what was that's appointed like, by Trump. He's, he's extremely well articulated mm-hmm. he's put together he's not high he's not low he's just very even he's got the perfect haircut well spoken he's got the wave yep yep yeah you know i can't knock on the wave anybody who's got the wave you little, know little peppery grays in there but he's just yeah he's done a, a really good job so i think it's really interesting to see you know what the perspective is from your world on you know Obviously, you guys give a ton of weight to what the Fed does and what they're talking about and what policies trickling down and kind of how all these, you know, ingredients fuse together. And, you know, one of the things that we've seen so many people continue to, you know, beat the dead horse on is that dollar is, you know, uh, dying and oh, shut, crypto. Shut the fuck up with crypto that. Crypto is going to If I hear another person say the dollar is dying. Revolutionary vehicle. And I mean, who? what are you guys doing? You guys got Robert Kiyosaki blast in the background? They may. You never know. I mean, they may, they may be making love to Mr. Kiyosaki and the dollar, Peter Schiff. The and, dollar will. I'm going to say, man, holy cow. Here we go. The dollar will never die. The U.S. dollar will be around forever. It will be in a digital or physical form or ledger form or something. You don't gonna... have any concerns of the dollar ever falling no. off as the reserve currency of the world? Never. Ever, ever. We I would mean, be blowing some shit up at that time. And we have the biggest boom, boom sticks of anybody. I mean, with a lot of the men slash women slash I don't know what they call themselves in the head of the military Probably seats they's. now. The they's. With the, uh, it's very interesting to see the left who obviously, and it'll be very telling, I think in midterms this year, but the left, if you, if you, I believe if you left it up to the left, they would continue to give more money to social programs and equality and equanimity and all of these things. And they would quit spending on military. I have more guns in my house than every Democrat in Washington. And you know, obviously to, you know, the second so amendment is yeah. always under fire and conti- like it's, it almost, it doesn't it concern you ever that they no. will keep beating down this path until something gets passed. Obviously you got could. Tawny Brown, who's now in a new Supreme Court seat, lifetime. I, like, there's more. It I'm not that saying the pendulum swings more and more left. I'm not saying that I want this to happen, nor I think it will happen. But once in history, we've seen what happens when something is so divisive in the country and something is done so wrong. Civil war. What happens? And we also saw who prevailed fairly predominantly. Um, and and. That has already happened one time before. Now, the same party that was behind that, that civil war is trying to do it again in a different way. Yeah, well, look at what's going on on the border. If you got hundreds of thousands of people coming into the country every week, and those people have no money, 
And the party that ultimately is going to socially support those individuals and their freedoms. They let those people in to vote for them. The right. problem is right now where, exactly. where the Democrats are falling into is the people they let in are voting for Republicans because they're like, holy shit, no. This is just like where we I came hope, from. I hope that's the case. This is, oh, it is. We'll see. ABC even did a poll out that said less than 27% of Hispanics support Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, literally, I see that. that is like, that's a, that is like a 40% swing from 2020. That's a huge, 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 Midterms are going to be deal. really interesting this year. And obviously, like you said, with the dollar never dying, in your opinion, we're seeing never. crypto just continue to kind of flounder, it feels like. I mean, right now, today, as we speak, uh, crypto is at, um, sorry, Bitcoin is at $41,000 today. Year over year, if you were to take where Bitcoin was at today versus the same time last year, it is down 29% on the year, year over year. Yep. I tell everybody, I try to tell people, don't try to fight me. I know I'm going to be right. Um, crypto is not an investment. It's a speculation. And when you speculate, you don't invest, you trade. You need to just put your money in and ride it up as high as you need to and then get out. I speculate. I do the same thing. I long-term speculate because I really don't care if I lose it. So I'm investing, but it's really in via speculation. My year-to-date return on crypto. I have put in... Give me one second. Eight, seven, four, plus... Three, six, seven, eight. I have put in $9,552 at $10 a week since 2017. My current account balance is $5,874. I have put in, similarly to my brokerage account, <laughs> over a same period of time, and my account balance has more than quadrupled. Has it gone down and up, and is it down right now? Absolutely. But I'm just going to tell you all, I've made a lot more money in traditional investments than I have in crypto. Could I have made more money in crypto? Yes, I could have won a jackpot on the slot machine. I could have got the winning ticket in the lottery. There's a lot of things I can make up that would go well for me if I want them to. But the reality is of that happening to me are very slim. And the old saying goes slim to none or by the skin of your teeth that may happen. It's just not likely. So instead of chasing that very slim possibility, which is what poor people do because they don't want to do hard work. They just want something quick. That's what the majority of people are doing with crypto. They would rather do the easy thing. They're going to go find the cheapest coin for 0.0000001 of a cent, you know, one one millionth of a cent and hope it goes to a penny and buy $100 of it and hope it goes to a penny. So that's, those are the people that are, are the main component of the crypto world. And the biggest holder of cryptocurrency, I think this is what makes me laugh. If you take crypto as a whole, less than 10% of it is held by the people in the United States. It's mainly used in countries that we would not think of favorably. The main user is Pakistan. 23% of the crypto in the world of any kind wow, I is held that. in Pakistan. Didn't know that. Other than that, we're talking of countries like Russia, China, I mean, emerging dog shit economies, 
that have terrible people in charge of them. And that's where you're you're so hyper focused because Robin Hood's giving, you know, telling you to buy it, or you're seeing the Shibu Inu or some influent influencers telling you to buy it. And you don't even realize that 90% of the other assets are held in countries that are garbage. So that's that's again, crypto is still not anywhere where it needs to be. And until it's regulated, it will not go where it could go. Yeah. And once it gets regulated, most of them are going to go away because they don't they don't work with regulation. Any updates on timeline or conversation around the digital dollar? Uh, it's still getting tossed around. I think obviously every single time it starts to get, you know, in these past three years, there's always a headline of conflict in Ukraine and Russia is taking the cake right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think within the next 12 to 18 months, we should get some traction, a rollout or an announcement, something, but I don't have it. I haven't heard anything solid that yeah. I can speak on. Well, all I know is I'm continuing to pump any of my money into your hands or into real estate. And those two vehicles, as you've said, right, I like to bet on the proven horse. Don't get me wrong. I like throwing money at speculative stuff here and there. Yep. Right. Like there's Give me a there's, few hours. There, I'll be throwing some money at some stuff. I was going to say stuff. there, there is stuff that is exciting when we're talking about gambling, you yep. know, but you know, it's gambling and you're okay with it going to zero. Right. When, yep. And I use are, so much like I use like one, like the ratio is like a hundred to one. Like I put a hundred in the good stuff and one in the bad. I mean, like literally when they're looking for Ryan and they find you on the penny slots, they know that you're okay with whatever you put in that slot going to zero. I just like the lights. Right. <laughs> and being part of it is just the, the fun of it. Right. And, yep. and following something that, you know, is really an unknown. It's, it's oftentimes what gets us wrapped up and tethered into these things that we decide to do is it's this unknown piece, right? Whereas like betting on known things can kind of be boring and getting wealthy oftentimes is boring. But at the end of the day, what doing the boring things ultimately unlock for you, that's what becomes sexy, right? Yep. And so that's why I continue to... And right now, guys, if you're not investing in real estate... It's something that is going to be, in my opinion, the best curb against inflation. If you can leverage cheap debt, you know, right now is a good time. I had a friend that was talking about taking out a loan to go and basically pay off his debt. He was going to refinance his house and go into a higher interest rate. So he could go and pay off debt. Ugh. And I was like, dude. And, and it was debt on something that was not an appreciating to, asset. To it was not an income generating asset. And there's a difference between good debt and bad debt, guys. Yeah, good, a very and simple one. Good debt, cash flows. Good debt is something that is leveraged to go and make you more money and you pay the arbitrage or you play the arbitrage game on it, right? The delta, the difference of it costs me this to get this debt, but I can go and invest it in this, which makes me this return and I squeeze the gap in the middle. That is called good debt. Well, Taking yes. out debt to go and buy a car, to go and buy you know, a vacation, to go do X, Y, or Z that ultimately, right, is not paying you money at the end of the day or doesn't have an upside to it, bad debt. And right now, if you can lock in good debt, long-term debt, fixed debt, amortized over as long of a period of time as possible, I would suggest, as long as you buy right, 
doing that as many times as you possibly can over the next few years, right? Keep buying. You're going to get, as you do more of that too, economies of scale. As you start to learn all of the things that go into managing and operating and owning assets, you're going to start to, as you stack those properties, right? Or stack those assets, you're going to start to see economies of scale and efficiencies that allow you to generate and drop more profit to your bottom line to lower your expenses as you do more and more of it. So even if it's one a year, even if it's two a year, right? Thinking about how you can get into these opportunities, whether it's passive income syndications, whether it's just buying a single family house, whether it's an Airbnb property, I don't really care. One of the reasons why I'm very bullish on hospitality is hospitality is beautiful from the perspective of I can reset my rate every single day to meet the market where it's at. If I were to lock in on an office building or an industrial building, some specific structure that is locked in for the lifetime of this leasehold period, whether that's five years or 10 years or 20 years, oftentimes you're going to leave a lot of opportunity on the table because the market is going to shift during that five or that 10 or that 20 year period. So I like hotels because one, it's a lifestyle asset for me. It's a cash flowing asset. Of course, it's got cost seg and all the benefits of you know appreciation, depreciation. But I can also write day to day adjust to meet the market where it's at. Mm -hmm. So identifying what your asset class is, what your tree trunk is, that's great. I call air game and, and ground game. My air game is building a massive, big ass hospitality portfolio of restaurants, hotels, right? And different hospitality assets that allow me to fund and build the lifestyle, enjoy the things that I love, which is y'all know Fatty Maddie. I love good food. I love good spirits. I love travel. And I love real estate. Hospitality checks all those boxes. But my ground game, my boring shit, the stuff that ultimately continues to build my cash flow every single year is medical plazas and commercial strip centers. And I know that I can do one of those a year. And every single one of those assets I buy at a minimum has to drop at the end net $50,000 a year in passive income. If I do that, let's just say, as I've done that for the last four years, buying one of those every year, well, guess what? Now I'm getting close to $200,000 a year in passive income. If I do that for 10 years, I'm at what? $500,000 a year in passive income. Like it's boring. There's not anything super exciting. I don't get to, you know, take my family to go walk through our, you know, medical plaza and go in the pharmacy, but what that produces is very sexy, yep. even though it's boring. So identifying what your ground game is, what your air game is, air game, maybe a little bit more of a flyer, something that could really hit and go big, right? But it has a little bit more volatility to it versus your ground game. I can just do this in my sleep every single year, follow systems, put in the right place, put it the right people in the right places. And ultimately, as I do this year over year over year, it gets sexier and sexier and sexier and sexier. And it's easy to execute on. So identifying your air game, identifying your ground game, very important things. And what we're seeing here in the real estate market right now is I think there's going to be some rent relief for people over the course of the next 12 to 18 months. And I think that will be helpful for a lot of people. But if you're a landlord, I think this is something that you want to take into account. You want to think about because more inventory is coming. We're at 811,000 single family properties 
under construction right now. That's the highest since 2006. Inventory is coming, guys. We know that there's been this inventory bottleneck. The highest multifamily units under construction since 1974. That's 1.62 million units under construction right now. That's going to help with inventory. That's going to lower rents a little bit. So these are things that you want to take into account. I think we'll see um, cap rates expand a tiny bit. I think we'll see more inventory hit the market. I think we've seen so much equity trying to find a home and aggressively getting placed in assets where it's been compressing a lot of cap rates, which has been expanding a ton of values. I think there's going to be some buying opportunities over the next 24 to 36 months, like I've been telling you guys, because at the end of the day, when we see inflation continue to go in the direction that it's going, we continue to see rate hikes, which the Fed has already said they're going to continue doing, go up, more expensive money, right? Even though historically, it's still insanely cheap. It is. We're going to see people now start to tighten and crank up the you know um, discernment of where their money's going in their wallet. And that is going to go to the essentials, right? And a lot of the, you know, um, nice to haves are going to get cut down on and it's going to be the need to haves that ultimately get that capital. And so I think we'll see some inventory jump and people try and free up some capital, right? As those things get restricted, I think we're going to start to see some financial hardship in certain capacities for certain people. And I think that is, again, when we're talking about poor and wealthy, the wealthy are ready. The wealthy are going to have their financial house in order. They're going to have their debt relationships. They're going to have their equity relationships. They're going to have their ability to find these opportunities and execute on these opportunities. All those dominoes for all the people that I know that are super, super smart and savvy, those dominoes are already lined up and they're just waiting. So if you're one of those individuals and you don't feel like you have your dominoes lined up and you want to take advantage of what we know is going to come and trickle out at some point in time, not saying it's going to be right coming out like a fire hose, but there's going to be opportunities where it feels like it's been the Sahara Desert and a needle haystack to try and find something great. There's going to be more of those starting to come up and we're going to start to see some streams and some ponds and some puddles start to form. And that's where people like you and I and Ryan and everybody else that is savvy and smart and capable of really executing on those things, they're ready to pounce. And so I want to see you guys take advantage of those opportunities. And obviously, those are going to be things that we continue to keep an eye on. What sectors are we starting to see more opportunity? What sectors are we starting to see some hardship and some distress in? And that will be what we continue to discuss on the podcast. Of course, we'll keep you guys updated on news, world events, headlines, how that ties into the stock market how that ties into crypto, how that ties into real estate. With that being said, if you guys have any questions for us, don't forget to shoot us a text at 844-447-1555. And if you want to get on my syndication deals list, text the word deals to 844-447-1555. Same word, x-ray, to get a free financial x-ray from Ryan and his team. We love you guys. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Tag us. Say what up. With that being said, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to 
the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.